need somebody that will lift him up. I need somebody that will praise his name. I need somebody that will shake themselves. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your complacency. Lose yourself this morning. This might be your very last time. So I'm going to bless him while I got to say. Excessive talking, holding whole conversations, 
like you're outside by yourself? Yeah, man, I saw the game last night. Yeah, they scored three points on the fourth down. Uh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. So the whole row and the whole other side of the church can hear you. Please, let's keep those conversations to a minimum. And let's please be uh, mindful to be attentive in service um, that we should not just be in our phones unless we're in our Bibles. Amen. For the younger adults and teenagers. I know we have younger children who are four and five and six, amen, and their attention span is not as long, amen. So we can be able to accommodate and do what we need to do, but we just want to be mindful, amen. Also, the cafe, 10 o'clock, we should be in service, amen. It should be 10.30, 10.45, we're still in the cafe. I'm just making the announcements, and I'm being uh, uh, led by the Holy Spirit to make those announcements so we can have reminders. Sometimes we forget, amen. Church starts at 10 a.m., amen. We should be in service. Everything should be done by 10 o'clock. All class should be done. You shouldn't have a 30-minute overflow, all that extra stuff. Let's get in service and worship on time together. God respects order. Amen? Amen. All right. Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19. I'm in the Amplified version this morning. Oh, my God. This, I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong? Shoot. Listen, um, this word last week and the week before, and we were teaching on being protected by God, and we've been talking about how God protects our mind uh, these past couple of weeks. Um, today, it's going to back up a lot of things that we said last week, and I wasn't even trying to uh, you know, get that particular, get in that vein, but God just orchestrated it that way. So, um, today... This is a very familiar passage of scripture, but we're going to talk about how God protected Lot um, just being based on his association um, with Abraham and how God will begin to do things. And we're going to see some things we talked about last week about that mind um, and how powerful it is and about the importance of being sober minded. Um, it, this thing is going to come alive today. I, I really believe that. Amen? Amen. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Genesis. We're going to get right into this. Genesis 19. I'm in the Amplified Version. I'm going to start reading at verse 1. It was evening when the two angels came to Sodom. Lot was sitting at Sodom's city gate. Seeing them, Lot got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And he said, see here, my lords, please turn aside and come into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may go up early and go on your way. But they said, no, we shall spend the night in the open plaza of the city. However, Lot strongly urged them, so they turned aside and entered his house, and he prepared a feast for them with wine and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Verse 4. But before they lay down to sleep, the men of the city, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. All the men from every quarter. And they called out to Lot and said to him, Where are the men you are you came who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may know them intimately. Verse 6. But Lot went out of the doorway to the men and shut the door after him and said, Please, my brothers, do not do something so wicked. See here, I have two daughters who have not known a man intimately. Please let me bring them out to you instead. And you can do as you please with them. Only do nothing to these men because they have, in fact, come under the shelter of my roof for protection. But they said, Get out of the way. And they said, This man Lot came as an outsider to live here temporarily and now is acting like a judge. Now we will treat you worse than your visitors. 
So they rushed forward and pressed violently against Lot and came close to breaking down the door as the door of his house. But the men, angels, reached out with their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door after him. They struck, punished the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness from the young men to the old men so that they exhausted themselves trying to find the doorway. Oh, my God. Let's stop right there. Wow. Listen. Abraham and Lot were in a position where they had gained so much cattle, so many resources, and they had to separate. And Abraham gave Lot the chance and opportunity to choose a particular land for him to go and settle in so that there would not be friction, there would not be commotion, there would not be discord amongst the herdsmen. So when Lot chose the land, he chose the land of Sodom. He chose the area that was fertile as it looked to the eye. When you read the scripture, read the story. And so as he went to settle in Lot, I mean settle in Sodom and Gomorrah, um, here now we see him in a position where the angels have come to his house to warn him, to begin to let him know that Sodom and Gomorrah is about to be destroyed. And as the angels come to warn his family and warn his house, the men of Sodom and Gomorrah, because they're filled with perversion, they're filled with lust, they're filled with all types of things that are going on. Now, you have to understand something. I, let's, let's debunk the whole thing that it was not just homosexuality going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. There was fornication, there was adultery, there was lying, there was cheating, there was all types of things. And then Isaiah, or Ezekiel, I, I think it's Isaiah, when he talks about there was also pride that was one of the main things that was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Because when you're prideful, you don't think you're in sin. <laughs> Pride keeps you bound to sin because you think that what you're doing is okay and it's right. So Sodom and Gomorrah was in this position where now God was going to destroy them because of all the evil works that they were doing. And so God comes to send forth warning. He comes to send forth uh, to save Lot, to save Lot and his family because he's attached to Abraham. And not only is he attached to Abraham, but the Bible does say in 2 Peter, we're going to get there and read it later on at the end of what we, when we talk about this. He said that Lot was a righteous man. Mm -hmm. And so notice he said, if you can find me one righteous, I'll spare the land. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. But Lot wasn't the righteous of Sodom and Gomorrah because he wasn't from Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says he was temporarily there. As the men came and said, you've been coming here temporarily. Now you think you're a judge? Now I want you to understand something. Now Lot had, you know, you got to study and research and look at this thing. Lot had some, some type of position because he was at the gate watching. He had some authority in the city. So this is why he still wanted to get keep his name good. And he didn't want to have issue with the men who came to his house. That's why he offered his daughters. So he was, he was looking to live beyond the place of this encounter. He said, these men of God, these angels of God have come, and they're under my protection. They're under my house. I have a responsibility to them. So I'm going to be able to not only give, I'm not, I can't give you them, but I'll give you my daughters. And see, because he's in the carnal mindset, and he's still under the influence of what's going on around him, that's why he was so readily and easily to give up his daughters to something that was perverse, for something that was evil, for something that was not godly, because he was willing to now when pride comes in because he wants to keep his name good he wants to keep his reputation good he wants to keep his status in community and society because that begins to make him feel good because he's known in the community oh, so Lot came close to he said and Lot came close to breaking down the door now he said let's, let's look I'm looking at verse verse 9 
Did I go that far? Okay, but they said, get out of the way. And they said, this man, Lot, came as an outsider to live here temporarily, and now it's acting like a judge. Now we will treat you worse than your visitors. So they rushed forward and pressed violently against Lot and came close to breaking out the door of his house. They were intense about getting to those men. When lust is burning and flesh is burning, it will begin to do things that it will not normally do. And it is going to get to a place where it wants to get what it wants because it's hungry and it wants to be fed. And so this is why we have to subdue flesh And this is why we have to put flesh under subjection On a daily basis Because if we don't kill flesh That flesh is going to continue to rise up And it will take rule over you And it will have you doing things that you didn't think you would normally do Because you're in a carnal mindset So they were willing to break the door down But look at verse 10 Here come the angels who came to save Lot They came to protect him Now they didn't, they didn't know the conversation That Lot just had well, they were going to offer the daughter, but they saw that he was in danger. (laughs) See, when danger is lurking, God will send angels to help you and come to your rescue, and you don't even know where that thing came from. You don't even know where that person came from. You don't know how they missed you. You don't know how that thing that passed you by, how that thing didn't hit you when it was coming directly down your pathway, because angels God will assign to come in and block it. So at that moment, it says the angels came Circumstance. And I need you to now, I need you to open this 
family. What they doing on the outside doesn't concern you. Because what's going on on the outside is the reason why I'm here. I came to save you because God's getting ready to rain down fire and brimstone on this particular nation. And I came to spare your life. I came to save you. So what am I trying to say? Some people that you go outside with, you need to check your circle, check your people. Because you say, why does calamity happen when I'm always hanging out with this person? Why is it that always somebody come and try to snatch my purse when I'm with you? Why is it always I lock my keys in the car when I'm hanging out with this guy? Why is it that I'm always stuck in traffic? Man, oh my God. Who you with? Who you with? Who you with? Who you with? So the angels are protecting. The angels are protecting. The angels are protecting. Now I love this because not only do you shut the door because angels know how demons work. Listen at this. I love God. Verse 11. Now not only did they shut the door after him. Listen to verse 11. They struck, punished the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness. From the young men to the old men so that they exhausted themselves trying to find the doorway. If I can't see the entranceway, I don't know how to get in. So you got to understand some things. This is why we fight in the spirit. You got to know how to pray warfare prayer. Father God, blind the hand of my enemy that he won't even be able to find me. But the Bible says that God will hide me in the secret place. If I dwell under that anointing of the most high. See, I gotta understand in his presence is my safety. In his presence is my is his secret place. And that's the place where the enemy can't find you. He can't get to you. And so now the angels struck them with blindness. And here they were. The Bible says they got exhausted. Now notice how foolish the enemy is. They got exhausted. So in other words, they still were trying to get in because I told you flesh wants to eat. Y'all missing this thing. Just because that's how stupid flesh is. Now you can't see the door, but you're trying to still yet find it because you're, you're now intentional and you're now determined. I'm gonna get what I want to hear. I'm gonna get the men out of here because that's what I came for, and that's what flesh would do, baby. Oh, I need my hunting men, men we hunters. Come on, let me hear you roar, lions. Listen. You saw that fine chick walk past you in the mall. You don't walk one way, come back the other way. You see her again, you say, now if I see her again on my way back, I got to holler. I got to holler. Ah. Because the hunt come out of you. Because you see something you like. You see something you want. And so you come up and you say, you know, Bill Dumb and I'm coming saying, I got a step to You is like a Hershey bar. Smooth as silk, sexy as satin. Can I get your number? The way you walking up and through here. Oh, you so funny. That's all you got. <laughs> 
some more. Your hair is waving and fine. I love the way your eyes sparkle under this light. She's like, oh boy, come on, that's too much. Seven, seven, three. Seven, 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 ninety-three. son-in-law and your sons or your daughters whomever you have in the city take them out of here for we are destroying this place listen to this because the outcry for judgment against them has grown so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy and ruin it you wonder why you see some people yesterday and you don't see them today because judgment has been released it says, for we are destroying this place because of the outcry for judgment against them has grown so great. It's grown so great. So in other words, this has been going on for some time. There's been some time where there's been this sin that's been happening. There's been some time where there's been a place of unrepentedness. There's been a time where there's been a place of not confessing your sin. So God has mercy and he has grace. So I believe that it says that the outcry has grown so much and that now it's in the Lord's ears. Now it's in God's face that he can't do nothing but release judgment because nobody's in a repentant mindset. Nobody's in a place to change. Nobody's in a place to ask God for mercy on me. Nobody's in a place because why? We live in a generation in a society that think they got it all together. We think they got everything in all and good. Everything is well. You can do whatever you want to do. You can touch what you want to touch. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to say. It's disrespectful. It's dishonor. It's a misrepresentation of God in the earth realm. And we're now going to have to face judgment. And we're trying to lose some grace on something that God said hell is coming for. Oh, my God. 
children. Have mercy on my son. Have mercy on my daughters. Have mercy on my brother. Have mercy on my sister. Have mercy on my mother and father. And God will begin to have mercy. Why? Because the righteous cried out. So now listen. He said, whoever's attached to you, I need you to get him out of silence. He said, because we've been ready to take this place out. Look at verse 14. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were betrothed and legally promised to marry his daughters and said, get up, get out of this place. For the Lord is about to destroy this city. He come to butt. But his sons-in-law, he appeared to be joking. How many times have you warned some people? Oh, you just, you just too deep for your own good. You're just too deep for your own good. I don't believe in all that stuff and all we be talking about. You can do whatever you want to do. Ain't nothing gonna happen to you. I seen my little, my little cousin been doing it for 20 years. Well, baby, the 21st year might not be the right one year for you. So. Because the son-in-laws didn't believe it. They now got excluded from being safe. They got excluded from being under God's protection. See, you can't come under God's protection and God protect you when you're in a position where you're doubting him. And you don't believe the power he possesses and what he can do. See, we have lost... We, that's because that's their pride. They, 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 they ain't been in Solomon Gordon and looking around these people. And he is, he said, Oh man, this don't sound right. How are you going to destroy a whole city? Because you ain't never seen it happen before. Don't mean it can't happen. We see wildfires out there in, in, in California and stuff. You see all kinds of stuff happening in the news you've never seen before. People killing their three year old baby. People telling I me mean, just, just the stuff you've never seen before. People just doing all kinds of foolish stuff. Cut your fingers off, toes off, cut your off. I mean, just, just doing mutilate. Just, I mean, just foolish stuff. Here it is. They were laughing. So listen what happened. He said, When morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Get up, take your wife and two daughters who are here and go. No, look what he said. He didn't say the son in law. The angel said, look, get your daughters, your two daughters and your wife. See, some of us keep taking people with us that God said leave behind. And we wonder why the hedge of protection keep going up, coming down, going up, coming down, going up, coming down, going up, coming down. Because you have to be consistent and you got to sever some things and sever some ties, sever some ungodly soul ties. Because you don't understand, there are damaged goods and they collateral damage. They are liability, baby. They got an asset. And so we keep holding on to liabilities. And so the angel said, look, get up. Yeah. Hurry up. Yeah. See, some of us are slowful when the word of God begins to move. And so the angel said, look, hurry up. You got to get you out of here because this thing's going to happen. He said, get your two daughters who are here and go. Get your wife and your two daughters and you will be, or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. He said, if you don't go, you're going to get swept away with them. Look at verse 16. But Lot hesitated and lingered. What? Because he's in a position still. He's even has some inklings of doubt. <laughs> this is why he's hesitating. And he's lingering. Then the men said, look, the men took hold of his hand. Now I love this because the angels can't be concerned about how Lot's responding. 
They're responding based on the instructions from heaven. Yes. 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 See, some of us are caught up on the reactions of people. Baby, if you don't get a, if I don't get a good amen out of this message, I'm still gonna preach it. If you don't jump up and shout and say God bless you, Amen. Go ahead, preach. You ain't got to say I still got to preach the word of God. And see, some of us are sitting around waiting for these amen corners and waiting for people to shout with us. You ain't gotta be able to go forward, even when people don't agree with what you may agree with. But if God's giving that thing an assignment on the inside of you, you gotta go forth with what God has for you. Because that's where your blessing lies. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So the angel said, Joker, you lingering? You playing? Okay. Listen. I'm not going to be accountable when I get back to heaven. And I, because of you. And God sent me down here on assignment. See, y'all missed that. See, God has sent some of us on assignments and things that we're supposed to do. And we allow the enemy to get us out of position. And we get disconnected and we get so, so far gone because we're in a position where we're trying to please people. Listen, the angel said, I got to keep grabbed locked by the hand. He said, listen, you got to get out of here. And I've been called from heaven to come get you. I'm assigned to protect you. So the angel's going to fulfill his assignment. How many of us are that committed to our assignment? How many of us are that dedicated? That we're going to be in a position that God said, I've got to protect this thing. i got to protect the people from this foolishness. i got to keep them from around this madness. That's why I told you, I said, I don't have 20,000 people coming across this pulpit preaching to you in the past 10 years. Because I don't need your ear gates filled with a bunch of garbage. It's some folk I'm attached to that can't preach. <laughs> that ain't nothing deep in it. It's some folk that I know, some pastors, some they can't preach. They ain't got a word. Because the Lord was merciful to him for Abraham's sake. And they brought him out and left him outside the city with his family. So because of Abraham, the promise of Abraham. If you be Abraham's seed, then you are heirs according to the promise. See, I may not have gone into Julius Jewish lineage under the Hebrew Israelite lineage, but the Bible says if I'm an heir, if I'm connected to Abraham, I'm an heir to the promise. Oh my God. So because Lot was connected to Abraham, it was to be fulfilled that God was going to save him and his family because of his connection. So you need to go to your phone tonight and find out how connected are you to these people. And if they're not connecting to you in a way that will bless you, build you up, help encourage you, help take your business to the next level, help give you an understanding, some wisdom, some insight, the next level, I need you to hit So because Lot is attached to Abraham, the angel said, look, you got to get out of here. So they took him outside the city. Look at verse 17. 
When they had brought them outside, one of the angels said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you or stop anywhere in the entire valley. Escape to the mountains of Moab. Please highlight that or underline it because that's going to be important later. When they brought them outside, one of the angels said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you. Listen to the instructions. Escape for your life. So that means you got to run like this is the last run you ever made. Because you can't be hesitating and being slowful like you was in other earlier verses. That's what he said to know. He said, do not look behind you. That's an instruction. Don't stop anywhere in the entire valley. Escape to the mountains of Moab or you will be consumed and swept away. Here come this butt. But Lot said to them, oh, no, not that place, my lords. Please listen. Your servant has found favor in your sight and you have magnified your love and kindness mercy to me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains because the disaster will overtake me and I will be killed. Here comes flesh. Wants to go to a place that's comfortable. God has given him instructions on he said to go to the mountains of Moab. Y'all need pay attention. That that's going to be definitely important later on in the passage. The angels told him where to go, yeah. but now here comes a suggestion, yeah. <laughs> an alternative. We see where alternatives got Abraham. Yeah. He went and had a chick, a baby with that chick Hagar. Here it is. Lot's giving an alternative plan to the angel. Now look, look at this. Look, pay attention. He said, oh no, not that place, my Lord. Please listen, your servant has found favor in your sight. And you have magnified your love and kindness and mercy to me by saving my life. Now he's acknowledging the fact of what has been given unto him. He's not slighting that. He said, you have magnified your love and kindness and mercy to me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountain because the disaster will overtake me and I will be killed. Now look, this town in the distance is near enough for us to flee to. Near enough. See, you, you, you don't want to make the sacrifice, baby. The church got to be around the corner. Oh, I can't make it. Uh, we having service in another city and we got to go shop. I ain't going to shop and they shooting everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's bullets flying. You can't even go. Bullets flying. Go on the east side of Jordan. Go on the hill. Oh, I can't go on the hill. I used to live there 50 years ago. I ain't going there. Ain't nothing changed. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's We want to go what's convenient. So Lot says, I want to go to a small distance, a short distance. Send me over here to this small town of Zoar. Now listen what happened. Because God sometimes gets tired of arguing with your stuff. And he'll let his permissive will be done in your life. Because every time he gives you some instructions, you got a counterplay. And he said, since you got so many counterplays, you got so many ways to figure out your own stuff, okay, I'm going to allow you to go that route. But let's see how this route plays out. Because see, we got we to gotta stay, stay with the story. Brother there, I like that lime green tie. That's nice. You see that? I'm right back in the word. You see that? Verse 20. Now look, this town and distance is near enough for us to flee to, and it's small with only a few people. Notice what he's looking for. It's small. It's only a few people. Please let me escape there. Is it not small so that my life will be saved? And the angel said to him, Behold, 
I grant you this request also. I will not destroy this town of which you have spoken. Did y'all just hear that? Yes. Zohar was on the radar for the atomic bomb to hit. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. He said, I'm going to save that city. So that city was on the chopping block. So you want to go there, I'm going to spare that part of the city. Because I told you to go to the mountains of Moab. Ooh, look at God. So listen. Man, oh man. This thing is blessing my life. He says in verse 21, and the angel said, And behold, I will grant you this request also. I will not destroy this town of which you have spoken. Hurry and take refuge there, for I cannot do anything to punish Sodom until you arrive there. So you mean to tell me that destruction is being held up? God's protecting me and keeping me from danger because I'm attached to Abraham and because I'm a part of his seed. And because God is a promise keeper, that he has now sent the angel. He said, hey, nothing go down till I get out of harm's way. So you wonder why the stuff didn't jump off while you were there. Have you ever been to the party and as soon as you left and you called up the next day and they told you, you heard what happened to Jimmy. Jimmy got in a fight with Scotty and Scotty tore that joker's head off. Well, Scotty and Jimmy was just talking on the side of the bar before I left. What happened? He killed your mama. And they just set him off. And God kept you and spared you because you know you've been friends with Jimmy. You've been ready to go in there and jump in the fight with Jimmy. You've been fighting all jacked up and all messed up. And you had all this, all this foolishness. But God spared you and kept you from that foolishness, protected you, and allowed that stuff. It couldn't happen till you get out of harm's way. So here, listen. He said, the angel of the Lord said to him, Behold, wait, 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 wait. verse 22, hurry, take refuge, therefore I cannot do anything to punish Sodom until you arrive there. For this reason, the town was named Zoar, few and small. Y'all ready? Yeah. Verse 23. The sun had risen over the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained down brimstone, flame and sulfur, and fire on Sodom and on Gomorrah from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew, demolished, ended those cities and the entire valley and all the inhabitants of the city and whatever grew on the ground. Jesus! Baby, the vegetation can't even survive. He said whatever's in the ground, because whatever's in the ground, it can reproduce again. Oh, I need all this stuff burned up because you tainted it all with your perversion, with your madness, with your evilness, with your wickedness. Verse 26. But Lot's wife from behind him foolishly, longingly, foolishly, longingly looked back towards Sodom in an act of disobedience and she became a pillar of salt. Yes. Now, the instructions that the angels were speaking to them, his wife and his two kids was right there. Right. They knew not to look back. And the Amplified says she was foolishly longing so in other words, oh my God, she has gotten caught up in her emotions. Look at your screen. She's got caught up in all the things that she's built up. I had just had a pool put in. I had my hot tub in. I just put up a new fence. They just redid my patio. I had just bought new patio furniture. 
I had flat screens in the backyard. I had my fire pit. I had the waterfall. And so Lot's wife is in a position she's longing for what she's losing, not realizing that what she's leaving behind is not as valuable as what she has ahead of her, which is her life. See, some of us get so attached to material things and things that are temporal that we'll lose our life over it. And so because she was foolishly longing, she was looking back. She said, oh, man, I just got my kitchen done. We got, you know, marble countertops. And, and so she's looking back. She said, I got the white cabinets with the window panes in them. And, you know, everything was all brand new. I fresh paint, new roof on the house. I mean, everything good. We even was about to get solar panel the next month so we would have a lower light bill. I mean, she was just longing, looking back. And because of, the Bible says in the Bible, because of her disobedience, she became a pillow salt. Because what the angels had decreed was going to be had to happen. They said, they told her, don't, they told anybody, don't look back. Because if I take the spirit of looking back into my next dimension, it will be a place where I'll find myself in a place of depression, longing, trying to figure out what I missed out on. See, some of us still trying to wonder why that high school sweetheart didn't choose you, baby. Get over that joker. She left you. She broke up with me in my yearbook. It was so devastating at the moment. I said, girl, what is this? This is my last year of seeing you, and this how you played me? You're writing my yearbook? The thing that I still got in my closet shelf, and I still can go back and see how you broke up with me in the yearbook? She said, Jonas, I don't really like you. It's over. I said, die. that's got so much covenant connection with God that God remembers you. Your name came up. He remembered Abraham and for that reason he sent Abraham's nephew Lot out of the midst of the destruction when he destroyed the cities in which Lot had lived in. So because Abraham's name came up, his connection with God, this is why Lot was spared. Some of us, you still trying to figure out, well why? Well why? 
And you come in, since I've been here, the blessings been flowing. The anointing been flowing in my life. Things been changing. I'm in newness. My eyes been open. I'm getting the word more powerful. I mean, I'm, I'm even taking time. I'm praying on my own. I ain't never used to do that at Mount, 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 and other mountains, other mountains. <laughs> But thank God for a fresh word and a connection with a covenant that was new. Because God will give you a fresh revelation. And so now, pay attention because here we get ready to close this thing out. He said, now Lot went up to Zoar and lived in the mountain together with his two daughters, for he was afraid to stay any longer in Zoar, and he lived in a cave with his two daughters. Minister, what you just say? Now he's going to the mountain. Now he's going to the mountain. After he's become afraid when he finds out that Zohar is not what he thought it was going to be. Oh my God. See, when you get into God's permissive will and he allows you to make some decisions and you make some choices and you put yourself in this bad situation and then you find out, you say, you know what? This thing ain't really working the way I thought it was going to work. And then now you got to revert and go back to that plan that God had told you to go back to. And you got to go back and fix some stuff and do some stuff over again. And see, some of us are on so many cycles of repeat because you keep making your own decision and then you got to keep going back and fix it again. Keep going back and fix it again because you keep going to do it your way. And God he let you go do it your way. And you come back again and say, well, God, your way was the right way. Well, his way was the right way in the beginning. He was trying to tell you, go to the mountain of Moab. Now, here it is. You go to Zor. He said, you only lived there for a short time because you became afraid. Why was he afraid? We're going to follow this thing. He was afraid to stay any longer. So he said, I'm going to move y'all to the cave with his two doors. Uh-huh. Now, the scripture said there was only a few people in Zohar. Yes. It didn't say it wasn't no people. It was only a few people. And they were small. Pay attention. We're going somewhere. The first one said to the younger, because now they're in a cave. What drew him to the cave? Fear. See, when fear comes in, we're not in a stable mindset. That's right. That's right. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So when fear comes in, that's of the enemy. Right. So fear moved him out of Zoar and moved him to a cave. Now, this cave is not better than Zoar, and it's surely not better than the mountains of Moab. Because listen what happens in the cave. Because cave brings isolation. And when you spend too much time in isolation, it's going to affect your brain, affect your mind, and the way you think. Y'all gotta follow me. Yes. That's good. Oh God, this thing gonna be so good. Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is aging, and there is not a man on earth available to be intimate with us in the customary way so that we may have children. Now, who when they've been around the whole earth? See, some of y'all, the enemy keep telling you that ain't no good men out there. Ain't no good women out there. They all gold diggers. I ain't messing with no broke. They all gold diggers. I ain't messing with no broke. And you keep letting the enemy tell you that. And so because that's in your mind, that's all. You're not going to never find anything because in your mind, you keep blocking it. Ain't no good men out there. And you wonder why you keep putting it up on the, on the job, but it ain't worth nothing. Because you keep saying, man, no, no, good. Now, they just said there is no man on the earth. Now, they when have they been on the whole earth? <laughs> but because they saw what they lived that was destroyed, and now fear has come in, 
And when they, they then moved him out of Zoar because it was too small, he became afraid. He said, now you move to a cave. So now you're in a place of isolation where now you are not around anybody. So now the enemy can really play on your mind. So they've gotten to a place because now I want you to understand something. This is where we have to be careful. And we have to pay attention. This is where we gain the principles out of this thing. This Old Testament, what we're teaching, all this stuff is about principles. What we've been talking about. You got to understand, Lot has been dealt a very bad blow. Yeah. Go back and think about Job and his wife. Yeah. Come on. Here it is, Lot just lost his wife. He's in mourning. He's in distress. That was his, 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 his wife, his, his best friend, his soulmate. He lost his house. He lost the things that he had you know, built up. Everything was gone. Notice this. His daughters, they're in mourning because they lost their particular fiancés. Because they were in doubt and unbelief. So they're in a place of torment. They're in a place of torment. They're in a place of feeling depressed and hopeless. So when hopelessness comes into your mind, it plants seeds and false images because that's what fear is. False images appearing real. Here it is. Now she says, the oldest girl say, my daddy getting older and there's no men on the earth that will be able to sustain and take on the lineage for us to have a live yeah. beyond this place. Yeah. Because that's what happens when you isolate yourself to a place too long and you get to a place after you've gone through something that was traumatizing. Yeah. You've gone through something that was traumatic, something that was a crisis and you don't know how to deal with it. And so now you open yourself up to make bad choices, bad decisions. And this is why we talked about last week, you gotta be sober minded. Why? Because that enemy of yours is roaring the earth like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Because you gotta understand sober mindedness. We talked about that. Let me give you the definition right now while we're right here. Because we go home, it's going to bring it to life. We almost there. Y'all good? I know the fans come on at 12 o'clock. You'll be all right. You ain't playing with them. They ain't playing you. <laughs> this is the definition I wanted last week. So now I ain't even put it on my email. I just sent it to my phone in a text. That's what you got to You got you to combat that enemy. Amen. You're trying to block it. So this is... It says, when we, remember when we talked about sober? And we related to drunkenness? Yeah. And you gotta be sober, or if you're, if you're sober, you're not drunk. If you're drunk, you're drunk. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you drunk or sober. <laughs> drunk or sober. Why most, listen to this, so most, why most moderns would automatically define the word sober as not drunk, the Bible uses it to mean something of a spiritual nature. Of course, we already know from our studies that a Christian should not drink strong drink alcohol and should always be sober in that respect. He said, because of the modern expression sober, as in I guess he's sober today, meaning not drinking alcohol, it is important to understand exactly what the Bible means by the word. While it applies to everyone and also to the problem of drinking, the ladies' Bible class study discussed sobriety as it relates to the conduct of Christian women. Now, this is from a, a blog from a Christian woman. She was talking to women, but I want you to get the definition of sober that she uses. Sober is translated from the Greek word that means to be sober, calm, and collected, to have good sense, good judgment, wisdom, and level-headed in, level in times of stress. We can use the modern comparison between drunkenness and sobriety as an example. Listen to this. A drunken person, because we go into it, we get ready to read something. 
A drunken person does not have what? Good judgment. Is often angry. Is not alert. Paying attention only to personal desires. Paying attention to only personal desires. Pay attention to what I'm reading because we're going somewhere. He says to personal desires, regardless of consequences to others. Regardless of consequences to others. Oh my God. Now y'all got all that. Because what we're about to read is about to blow it out the water. Now I gave my example last week, but it's right here in the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me, baby. You thought I was talking crazy? No, it's right here in the Bible, and you're going to see it. You ready for it? Yes. Come on down. Where we at? Verse 32. I love this class. Y'all are a good class. Let's read 31 just for the sake of. The first one said to the younger. Notice this. Influence. The older influencing the younger. Older's influencing the younger. She's going to trust her younger, her older sibling because she thinks she's more wise and she's older. She would know better. Pay attention. Our father is aging and there is not a man on earth available to be intimate with us in the customary way so that we may have children. Come. Let us make our father drunk with wine. And we will lie with him so that we may preserve our family through our father. Whoa. Where they, where they do this at? This is incest under the influence of alcohol. Oh my God. Listen, listen. Come let us make our father drunk with wine and we will lie with him. We will lie with him. Notice the older sister talking about we, we, we. We will lie with him. She's influencing her younger sister. That's why I told you, you got to be careful who's around you. Even blood. Even family members. That's my sister. My sister shouldn't wear my best in your heart. She loved me, baby. Watch out now. He said, come let us make our father drunk with wine and we will lie with him so that we may preserve our family through our father. So they gave their father wine that night and the firstborn went in and lay with her father and he did not know when she lay down or when she got up because he was what? Completely intoxicated. Let me help you. You just read what sober was, right? Let me read because y'all missing it. I, I want you to get this. Because what happened was they're in a place of distress. They're in an emotional, distressful state because they're making decisions based on temporary circumstances. They're making decisions under the influence of fear, under the fear of trauma, under the fear of distress because they lost their their family, they lost their fiancés, they lost their mother too. So when you're in a place of losing all this stuff, that's why it's important that you begin to talk to someone. You get some help. We got a licensed therapist that she's not gonna she's not gonna counsel you because she's it's a conflict of interest. You're a member here, but she will lead and guide you to some people if you need to talk to somebody. You don't want to talk to your minister, your elder, or your person of interest in your circle, and you need some therapy. Doctor Battle, raise your hand. Doctor Battle, she has on her blue, and that's what she represents. And so she will let you know somebody who can help you along the way. Because of trauma, they were making bad choices. And see, some of us are afraid to talk to somebody because you te- I, we just had a counseling session like yesterday, and I was telling people counseling. Every time we sit down with them, and the first time we meet them, I said, we either going to know your business in the beginning or know your business in divorce court. Which way you want to start this off at? If you give me your business in the beginning, you might have a better chance of having a long-lasting relationship and staying married. Because either I'm because it's gonna happen. If you're gonna get divorced, I gotta know your business. Why you here? What you gonna divorce for? You just can't sign the paper. 
paper say you want a divorce, the judge will ask you, why are you getting a divorce? What's the problem? That's right. Exactly. You can't go in there and tell I want a divorce and sign the papers. It don't work like that. Somebody gonna know your business. So the women got upset. I mean, they were in a place of being influenced, and now they said they knew that they couldn't tell their daddy to do this willingly, so they had to put him under the influence. And we talked about when you're under the influence of something that is now intoxicating, it now changes your particular perception. It begins to change your particular way of you do things. Why? Because you're going to make rash decisions, quick decisions that will begin to put you in harm's way. What does it say? A drunken person does not have what? Good judgment? Is often angry? Is not alert? Paying attention only to personal desires? He's a man. And a naked chick laying there, he drunk? Baby, we got to do this. He's a man. And he's drunk under the influence. He is intoxicated. And so in his mind, I don't care who laying him naked, baby, it's going to go down. I'm making it plain as I can make it because that's what happens when you're drunk. He didn't even realize this is his daughter. He didn't realize that he's in a position that this is someone that he should not be lying with because now all discretion has been thrown out the window. All discernment has been thrown out the window because he's under influence. Listen, why? I'm bringing it real home real quick and real to you understand. Why is it that when you, anybody saw that movie that was about sex trafficking? I forgot the name of it. But anyway, you saw it and they talked about, it's called Traffic. But recently, it was, a, it was a story on the news with a young lady who had been rescued from drug trafficking, I mean from sex trafficking. A young girl. She had been t- t- taken at 12 and wasn't brought back home since she was like 15 or 16 years old. And her parents said when she came back, she was damaged. She wasn't the same. And the young girl talked about how she was drugged in order to do things that she was not accustomed to doing and to be used and abused because when you're under the influence of foreign substances, it makes you in a position where you're not aware or alert. You're only doing what's good for personal desires. So this is why you have to be careful. This is why I keep telling you, when they call alcohol, you go to the lounge, they say spirits. Baby, you put that Mad Dog 2020 in you, it make you have some spirits. That Wild Hours Rose, that's what make you have some spirits. That R&R, see, I, I work in the hood at the liquor store, and that's all they, they find, R&R. I, wait a minute, I, 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 this is a sidebar. But the girl came up to the counter and put a bottle of a beer, Loco. It's called Loco. You know what I'm talking about, some Chi-Chi? Now, it's Loco is a beer. Now, it's a 22-ounce can. And so I'm looking at the can, you know, it's up on the counter, I'm talking to the guy. I said, this is Loco. Yeah, the apostle touched the can of beer. You'd be like, oh my God, he touched beer? Get out of here. But I'm looking at the content, it had 14% alcohol in a can of beer? This is death way to happen. 14% alcohol in a 22 ounce can. And I said, that's a lot of alcohol. I said, one can of this, you will be loco. It's called loco. I'm telling you, that's what that spirit will do. It's called loco. Y'all think I'm playing? Sister Chi-Chi done heard of, heard of it? It's called loco. So you drink one can of that, you're going to start acting loco. That spirit's going to come upon you. 14% alcohol in a 22-ounce beer? And it's higher than the other cheap beer because they all come in there buying ice house. 22-ounce ice house is 125. They all just be all day, 125. You put their four cans up there, five on house. I mean, just, I, I say, Jesus. Got this stuff on lock. 
talking about the wine. <laughs> That's the whole truth. This is what goes on. Amen. That local can of 20 drums, I think it cost 275 or something. It was a little higher than the other one cheaper because it got so much alcohol in it. So listen what they're doing with this. This is how they off it because it's alcohol. So they gave their father wine that night, and the first one went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she lay down or when she got up because he was completely intoxicated. Verse 34, we're going to close out. Then the next day, now, what they got for a hangover in the cave? <laughs> Real in this church. Where's the coffee machine at in the cave? Where's the milk at in the cave? Y'all ain't never, y'all ain't never been around no drunk folk. Listen, I've been around all my life since I was 15 years old, working in Hell's Chicken, baby. Drunks, alcoholics, and, you know, and addicts, all that stuff. They told me they looking for crack in the ceiling because the ceiling tile was white. Baby, there's no crack up there. That's ceiling tile. That's not cocaine. It's not. I know it flaked up, but it's not. You better help me, John. <laughs> Come on, we gotta pull this out. That's the time. He said, Behold, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drunk with wine tonight also, and then you go in and lie with him so that we may preserve our family through our father. So they gave their father wine that night also. So, I mean, he get drunk again. <laughs> now, notice this. Now, the Amplified mentions it, but the other translations don't mention it. If you go back, in the Amplified transition trans, translation, wine was familiar to the house. In the culture, wine was drink was was was, was, was you drink wine with your dinner. It said it when he made dinner for the angels. It said that they had bread and they had wine. It said it Amplified. In other translations, it doesn't say that. But I brought that up because the daughters were familiar with wine. They had had wine at their house, so this is something that was a part of Sodom and Gomorrah that they were bringing to the cave that they had brought to the place that they shouldn't even been in because they should have went to the mountain of Moab. Because here it is, when fear came in, and moved from Zor, and he moved from Zor, they ain't gonna go to the cave, you're in isolation, the enemy talking, you playing tricks in your mind. And so here it is, verse 36, thus, thus both the daughters of Lot conceived by their father. The firstborn gave birth to a son and named him Moab from, from father. The name was representation of what had happened. Moab meant from father, which means this incest happened. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. The younger also gave birth to a son and named him Ben-Hanai, son, son of my people, still in that lineage, still attached to the father. He is the father of the Ammonites to this day. Close the book. God protected Lot. God protected Lot. God protected Lot because of his connection with Abraham because he was righteous. Oh, I told you to close the book. Let me, let me read this to you. Second Peter. Don't worry about Sister Suzette because the Lord is watching. Oh, and his wrath is much more greater than ours. Because let me help you. I remind, I'm going to remind you as we get off course, but I ain't going to keep telling you. I'm going to, the Lord going to deal with it. Because what will happen is you're going to sit with your mom and your dad. But that's the next place. You're going to sit right there next to them like you're in kindergarten. It ain't no problem with it. I don't care if they'll be in the front row, baby. You're going to sit right there. Make them room. Amen. 
You can't have that phone in school. And Josh know that one because his English teacher took his like three, four times last year. And every time I had to pay $20 to get it back. It ain't got took this year because he's going to have to have it out. You got a way to get taught and learn? 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. That's all I want to do. 2 Peter chapter 2. I apologize I want because I want you to see this. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. And if he rescued righteous Lot, who was tormented by the immoral conduct of unprincipled and ungodly men, for that just man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by what he saw and heard of their lawless acts. Then, in light of the fact that all this is true, be sure that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial and how to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. And when you get home, read that, read that entire chapter of uh, that, that second Peter chapter 2. Read that, read that chapter, second chapter. It's going to bless your life. Second Peter chapter 2. Read the whole chapter. That was verses 7 and 8. That was verses 7 and 8. Amen? Amen. I wanted you to see that because all of what they had went through with Sodom and Gomorrah, all the stuff that Lot had endured, all the trauma that came to his house, and God was trying to spare his life, and God protected them. But as soon as he got out from under that, evil was still around him because he didn't deal with the trauma. He didn't deal with all the pain and the hurt that he was dealing with. He didn't, he didn't fully come to grips to trust God. His daughters were immature in their choices and saying that there's no man on the earth. How are we going to have someone to live on? And our daddy is getting up in age, so we're going to put him in, under the influence. Get him intoxicated. Notice how the enemy lays out a plan to do evil. And you can't keep your plan to do your prayer time when you say, I'm going to get up every morning on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock and I'm going to pray. You do it for two weeks good and then the third week you just fall off. The enemy's consistent about his strategy. Yes, sir. Say that. They got Halloween marked in your calendar every year. Yeah. Come on. For a day to be a heathen. Oh, I know you think it's cute. That's another lesson. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. The children have a presentation, but before um, they come up, um, they're going, we, let's take up our seat off so we can get that out of the way. We're going to sow again. Um, sow to somebody's life.